Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's Ben here, and I am delighted to be joined by Carolyn Peer. Carolyn is the CEO and co-founder of a very cool HR tech company called Humaxa. Carolyn has over 17 years of experience working in the human capital management industry and 14 years leading and managing in a Fortune 250 company. She's an academic background in cognitive neuroscience and instructional technology, which she uses to good effect to guide Humax's product vision. So, Carolyn, thanks for joining me today. Oh, I'm delighted to be here, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Whereabouts are you based? Uh, we're based in California, specifically uh. Uh, near Sacramento in the small town of Cameron Park. Oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> very jealous. On these, on these cold, wet Irish days, I think in California sounds quite nice. <laughs> um, so do you want to just uh, kick things off by giving us a little background about yourself and, and then how you got to the point where you formed the business? Sure. No problem. So as you mentioned, uh, a lot of my academic background was in researching techniques of how machines learn and how people learn and how it's possible to sort of match up these two aspects to get the best of both worlds. So after I left university, I ended up working for an organization. We were designing training simulations for people that were going into the military. Uh, They had to track sonar contacts. And so they would literally sit in these simulators with headphones on and just listen to these underwater sounds and be able to tell what kind of uh, ship it was or a submarine and what direction it was going and how fast it was going and to identify it by just listening. And so we built these training simulations. Later, I uh, ended up working in the high-tech industry. And then finally, in the late 1990s, I started working for a small HR tech startup called Pro Business. And uh, we built up the company. It was sold to ADP in 2003. Wow. And I ended up taking a role with ADP around that time, running one of their learning and performance organizations for national accounts out of Atlanta, Georgia. And then there was a block of time there where I was working with our clients who were sending their employees to get trained on our technology, how to implement it, how to configure it, et cetera. And I noticed that there were certain clients who always were sending people to our, to get trained to our classes and to learn how, and they were always new people. And so I got to know them. Right. And they would say things like, gosh, Carolyn, you know, you guys are an HR tech company. Can't you help me figure out, how to really hang on to my people. The reason we keep sending people to your <laughs> training classes is because we keep having people walk out the door. And it's not always the people, you know, I mean, obviously there's some people you, you might wish they'd walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, being able to coordinate that effort. And at the same exact time, all the people on my own teams were 
telling me things like, gosh, Carolyn, do we really have to take these employee engagement surveys? You know, they're long, nothing ever really happens. We don't want to have to do a bunch of extra work. And so I had kind of these two things going on. And it, it took quite a long time to sort of process and figure out what, you know, what really would help. And so that sort of kicked off the whole conversation. And I ended, I ended up leaving uh, ADP in 2017, and I convinced uh, two of my colleagues to join me, and that's when we started Humaxa. So that's the impetus for, for starting Humaxa. <laughs> wow, that's quite a journey. And you've, you've done some very cool stuff, including listening to training people with the sonar. So if I play a range of uh, submarine sounds, do you think you could recognize them? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost the touch. No it's problem. been too long. Been <laughs> too long. <laughs> I have to say, as you were describing, I, I, I went straight into a scene from Hunt for the Red October movie with uh, Sean mm. Connery. So I'm sure you it was know, exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do remember watching that movie and Sean Connery, and I thought, wow, he really does the accent pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So uh, can you tell us about Humax then? What do you guys actually do? Sure. So we have developed an AI assistant that goes out and chats with employees and brings up topics of conversation and tries to figure out how people really feel about those things and how strongly they feel about these different topics of conversation. Things like fair pay or diversity and inclusion or professional development, job growth. There's a whole slew of different things that it will try to strike up a conversation uh, with, the, with the employee. And it does, it has a personality. It's kind of fun, funny, self-deprecating humor. Um, he'll, he'll often talk about the fact that he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer and he's just a <laughs> chatbot. <laughs> but um, Who's uh, he, sorry? <laughs> Who's he? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. His name is Alfred. The, oh, of the, course. The, the AI assistant, his name is Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and so through these conversations, uh, he, I think the, the one thing that really kind of sets us apart is he will offer up solutions based on what people say right in the flow of work. So if someone either summons him or he's reached out to have this conversation and someone says, you know, Hey, Alfred, I, I do really like working here. The people are great. But I really, I feel like my job growth has stalled out and everybody's so busy. It's so hard to just, you know, get some feedback about how I could grow my, grow my career here. Mm. He might say things like, well, gosh, Carolyn, you know, have you considered having a mentor? And I might say, huh, well, that's not such a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that. And so in that case, he'll, he'll ask me, gosh, you know, here are a whole bunch of different things that people have already put their hand up and said, I'm willing to be a mentor on that topic and this topic. And so I can choose. And then he will go out and connect us together, put us together into a chat room conversation and kick off the, the, the conversation itself, the mentor relationship, which is, you know, it didn't take any extra resources and it doesn't mean I can't go get help from someone else too, mm. but it happens seamlessly and it happens almost instantaneously, which is really wow. nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's ever written FAQs, so frequently asked questions, mm -hmm. whether it's for software or for an employee presentation or whatever, mm -hmm. you can really go down the rabbit hole. How do you work out how far to go or all the different streams and substreams and then substreams of conversations? Right. Okay. So 
if it, it doesn't always offer up a solution. I mean, if someone says, gosh, Carolyn, this is the most wonderful place and here are the things I like about it the most, you know, it will probably say thank you very much it, it, and not necessarily, it, 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 you have to say something at least a little bit constructive in order to kind of go down the solution uh, rabbit hole, if you will. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, if it, if it doesn't understand what you're saying, which is, com- I mean, I think it's common for, for most assistants, then it will try to funnel the conversation back to something it can actually help you to do. And, um, and that's kind of how we've uh, gotten around that problem. It's, it's interesting, too, because even the most advanced uh, chatbot or assistant technology, I mean, the, you know, the biggest companies, the, the Google, the Amazon, you know, even mm-hmm. they kind of, I think, struggle sometimes with how to do you know, true natural language processing and, in, and instantaneous reactions to what people, and they get it wrong sometimes, too. Mm. So, but it gets better all the time, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. And what, and what we've tried to do is kind of build our own algorithms on top of existing technologies that are out there today to kind of make it even better. So if, if, the, if the bot doesn't understand exactly how you feel about something, he'll ask for clarification yeah. and really try to funnel the conversation into, okay, this person really feels strongly yes, or yeah, they're kind of on the fence about something, or you know, no, this is, this is definitely a negative. A negative thing. Mm -hmm. Very clever. So what kind of companies are using it and how are they using it? So most of our, most of the clients that we're working with today are in technology sector, Mm -hmm. but we are just finding some interesting, I'll say pull from the market as far as um, manufacturing and believe it or not, healthcare. And I think, so yeah, the, I think that a lot of it has to do with turnover itself mm. and also change that industries are going through. For example, in the manufacturing industry, what we're finding is that there's a lot of, uh, for example, industrial engineers that were hired in because they were good at fixing things. Uh. And as technology in manufacturing has evolved into, for example, there's a whole lot of IOT devices now that are uh, on the production floor of a manufacturing organization. So proximity sensors and pressure sensors and all these things. And so these industrial engineers that were hired because they were good at fixing things are now being asked to program all of these IoT devices and have the production line working like clockwork. And it wasn't necessarily what they were hired for. And so and they're also there's a shortage of industrial engineers who can do this. And so what we're finding is this sort of AI assistant can not only figure out how people feel about all this change going on in the workplace, but can also, uh, you can feed it different topics. And so if people are feeling nervous about this programming skills that they're having to learn, the assistant can also help with that as far as, gosh, what are best practices that you have found in order to help make this transition? And again, it will connect people together, put them into room, chat rooms by topic, for example, mm. so people can share best practices and share what's really worked for them to navigate this difficult change. Wow, very cool. <laughs> so what are the, um, the final outcomes or results that companies, clients are achieving? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is that there is an, an uptick of uh, retention. So employee retention 
has been going up, but it's really hard, especially the scientist in me. Really, it's really hard to say that you know we were sure, the, sure. you know we were the reason that that happens, mm. uh, because of course it's not a scientific experiment where you yep. can isolate the variables and so forth. But I can tell you without question, what we're seeing is that people are about twenty-five to fifty percent more likely to engage with this sort of fun anonymous AI assistant than they are with any kind of a survey or believe it or not, even with a person. Hmm. So I, that was the more surprising part because, you know, surveys are kind of easy to pick on because nobody likes them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but the, the, the person aspect of this is interesting because the other thing we're seeing is the more sensitive the topic is, in other words, the more uncomfortable it would be to bring up this topic with your manager, for example, the more likely they are to have a, a better outcome talking with an anonymous assistant. Oh, yeah. I think so that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you're walking down the street, you meet someone that you know, how are you? Oh, fine, thanks. It's, is, it, <laughs> is it almost a, a natural reaction? So I mean, it's probably the same for the workplace, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Not to mention a very awkward conversation if you're, your boss comes up to you and says, gosh, how do you feel leadership, <laughs> the employees in this organization? Yeah. You know, what are you going to say, right? Yeah. No, they do a terrible job. <laughs> yeah, gosh. I have a theory that rather than trying to survey what people think about the mission, vision and values of companies mm. and how we're matching that, it should be flipped around and companies should go forth and work on their mission, vision and values and then ask employees, what do you think they are based mm-hmm. on what we currently do? But maybe not at WeWork or somewhere like that. But <gasps> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> when you first develop the product and the platform mm-hmm. and start to roll it out, mm-hmm. tech companies are often faced with the challenge of, wow, big blue sky, blue ocean, whatever you want to call it. Where do you start and how did you get your first customers? Well, you know, being located in Northern California was a little bit of an advantage because, you know, I had already, I already knew some people and literally our first probably three clients were, I just begged them to please come try it. (laughs) And that was back in September of 2018. And quite frankly, that, that first version of Alfred was pretty bad. Uh, he he was not very well tuned, and he made a lot of mistakes. He reached out to people too often, and we realized that people didn't understand that they could just talk to him and tell him that they you know they didn't want him to reach out as often that he would he would um, learn from that. So we made uh, that a part that actually was a part of his introductory, like "Hi, I'm Alfred. This is my purpose in life." Can I ask you a few questions? And by the way, this is how you limit how often I contact you, right? Right. Like right off the bat. But that was something we figured out over time. Um, So yeah, the first, those, those poor clients, they're so patient with us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, and just, and having worked in the industry for quite a long time, then it was easier to, you know, kind of convince people to, to give us a try. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And word of mouth and hustle, I guess, in the early stages. What's the process now for finding new clients and getting the word out? So we've primarily focused on content marketing and direct sales. Um, But uh, we've actually got in the works for January of 2020, uh, we're going to be uh, kind of doing a coordinated effort where we're launching on several different uh, app stores. Oh, yeah. And um, we've got a couple of um, 
some, hopefully some people in the industry lined up to kind of talk about us in a, you know, people who have a, a large following, um, which will be terrific. And uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps you as well, Ben, it would be help, help to get the word <laughs> yeah. out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing, the thing that's interesting is we're seeing such consistent results regarding improvement of engagement that we actually guarantee it. If someone is willing to give us a shot and they don't see that engagement goes up, you pay nothing, absolutely nothing, because wow. it's that consistent, that part of it. Gee, that's very good. Mm-hmm. You don't get that in many places. <laughs> no, well done. And do you partner with other organizations or consulting firms or even independent consultants? Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. So, yes, I mean, what we see Humaxa as a tool, granted, it's a, a good tool, a sophisticated tool, but it's still just a tool. Sure. So there is always going to be a very human element of, you know, getting together focus group discussions and really getting into the weeds about sifting through all the data that Humax is able to bubble up to the surface. And we would be delighted to partner with uh, uh, consultants. And, you know, the other thing is, and this is you know, much further out, but our vision for Humaxa is to make our platform an open platform, make our APIs public. So for example, in the future, we'd like Alfred to be able to offer up hundreds of different third-party solutions, not just the solutions he's able to do today, oh. simply by figuring out what resonates with people. We see ourselves as a bridge or a connector between how people feel, what will really make a difference in the workplace community, and then all of these different employee retention solutions out there, things like uh, health and wellness, things like financial wellness, uh, training, you know, training organizations, all these different things. So we definitely have open arms when it comes to partnerships. Brilliant. Who would be the ideal clients that consultants or other partner firms could refer into you? If it's a solution or a consultant whose expertise lie in employee retention and experience and engagement, or it's a solution that helps move the needle, then we would be delighted to talk to them. Okay, very good. What are the next steps? If someone either wants to use your services, so meet and work Mm -hmm. with Alfred or Mm -hmm. partner up with you or some other Mm -hmm. form of partnership or becoming a customer, what should they do next? Uh, Well, of course, you can certainly go to our our website. There's a place there you can try chatting with Alfred. Oh, yeah. Uh, You can also uh, simply add Alfred to uh, your own workspace if you want to. So there's a couple of different ways to try that out. But of course, you can also just talk to us um, uh, either by uh, email. So my email is carolyn.peer at humaxa.com or you can just put info at humaxa.com. Um, and that's, a, that's an easy way to get in touch. Yeah, I think it's an amazing tool and it's such a <laughs> crucial area. I mean, it's amazing the work, the time and effort that companies go to recruit top talent. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't do enough to retain them. So this is a <laughs> fabulous tool. Well, yeah, I wish I you all the best so. with it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ben. And thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.